So here we are, and it's summer in the Psalms. So we're going through some of the Psalms here. Uh, this summer, last week, we started the series with a study in the first Psalm. And as I was just you know, praying throughout the week and kind of seeking direction from the Lord, I had a couple of things in mind, but just, you know, there just came that moment where the Lord just sort of directed me toward the 23rd Psalm. And I, I think with everything that's happening, I think it definitely is uh, the text for us today. So we're looking here at this 23rd Psalm. And this is a Psalm of David, it tells us. Now, not all of the Psalms were written by David. Generally, we think of the Psalms as being connected with David, and, and many of them are, actually the majority of them are, but there are a number of Psalms that are not of um, Davidic origin. Some were written by some of the priests, the sons of Korah. One of the Psalms was written by Moses, and uh, so occasionally you find a different author. But this Psalm was written by David, and the reason that I'm emphasizing this is because of the, the subject matter of the psalm. It's the, the, the psalm that talks about the Lord being our shepherd. And the significance is that David was himself a shepherd. And so David knew from personal experience, he knew what sheep were like, and he knew what sheep needed, and he knew how important it was that sheep have a loving, caring shepherd over them. And so it was probably later in David's life, long after he had been a shepherd, now he's the king over the nation. It's probably at that time that he's looking back and he's reflecting upon God's care for him and God's provision for him and, and God's blessing upon his life. And he's thinking about how his relationship with God is like that of a, a sheep to the shepherd. And so he begins the psalm with, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. So David sees the Lord as his shepherd. Now, the 23rd psalm is probably, um, if not the most well-known passage in scripture, it's, it's probably second if it's not first. Uh, the, seems like the most well-known passage is John 3.16. Most people know uh, what John 3.16 says. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? Well, most people also know, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, or uh, the Lord is my shepherd. So if there's one verse in the New Testament that seems like it's almost, there's universal uh, Knowledge of it, that would be John 3.16. But from the Old Testament, it would certainly be Psalm 23. I have uh, conducted many funerals and memorial services. I have attended many. And, and I can hardly think of a single one where the 23rd Psalm wasn't either referred to or recited or preached from. It, it's just, even in the, the culture at large, you will find, you know, maybe in a film or something, you will find that there's a memorial service and there's a recitation of this song. So, so it's something that people are familiar with. And sometimes it's kind of immediately connected to 
death because it is so often recited at a funeral, but the psalm isn't really a psalm so much about death. It's really a psalm about the care of God for us throughout our lives. And so David says, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Sometimes we need to just pause and look at each word of a sentence in the Bible. And this is one of them. And we need to pause for a moment and look at the word Lord. If you look at the word Lord in your Bible, you're going to notice that it's in all capital letters. Whenever you find the word Lord in your Bible with all capital letters, that indicates that this is a translation of the name of God. Now, you will also find the word Lord that's not capitalized. And when it's not capitalized, it's the Hebrew word Adonai, which means master, or it means ruler. And oftentimes that is applied to God. He is the master. He is the ruler. But the name of God is translated Lord. Nobody really knows exactly how to pronounce God's name in Hebrew. Probably the closest is Yahweh, but this is the translation of Yahweh. And the thing to note about that is the name of the Lord here, it speaks to us of who God is. So when David says, the Lord is my shepherd, or when we look at this text and we read the Lord is my shepherd, the first thing that we want to do is we want to think about, okay, what is implied in that? What is implied in the Lord being my shepherd? Well, let's think about who is the Lord. Well, the Lord is the creator of everything. The Lord is the sustainer of all things. The Lord is the great provider. The Lord is the great protector. The Lord is the one who uh, loves us and has compassion for us. And all of those things are included there in the name of God. So when I look at this passage, and I read, the Lord is my shepherd, the thing that needs to come to the forefront of my mind is the nature of God. And you see, that in and of itself is greatly encouraging. When I understand who God is, when I understand what his nature is, when I understand what his heart is. You know, I was having a conversation this week on the radio uh, with a, with a guy who called in and he was, you know, asking some questions and he was having some struggles and all of that. And we just gave him a little bit of counsel, biblical counsel over the, the airwaves there. And, you know, when we, when we finished that conversation, I realized, just in that conversation, I realized how important it is to teach the Bible. Because he had a general understanding of the need to receive Jesus, to be saved, but he didn't really know the details of what that implied or what that really meant. And because he didn't know the details of what that really meant, he wasn't sure if he was really saved. He wasn't sure if he's ultimately going to make it to heaven. He felt guilty about some of the things that he still does or some of the things he still thinks. And, you know, I was able to say to him, look, there's a difference between justification and sanctification. When you believe in Jesus, you're justified. You're declared righteous immediately. And sanctification is the process that we go through throughout our entire lives that's making us ultimately into the image of Christ. But my point is this. If, if you don't know that, 
then you live a life of doubt. You live a life of sometimes anxiety. You live a life far below what God intends because you just don't know the full implications of salvation. And the same thing is true here. If we don't know the Lord, if we don't know what his nature's like, if we don't know what his heart is in matters, if we do not know uh, his character, then we will be deprived to some extent of the blessing just simply because of a, of a lack of understanding. So it's good to have instruction. It's good to know that when you see this name, Lord, that all of the, the nature and the character and, and all, all that God is, is wrapped up in this name. So with that in mind, David then says, the Lord, the creator, the sustainer, the provider, the protector, all those things that I said, the Lord is my shepherd. So when I get that perspective, it's like, wow, my shepherd is the Lord. And of course, the shepherd is responsible for the welfare of the sheep. Now, you, you have good and bad shepherds. You have some shepherds that might want to be a good shepherd, but they just don't have the tools to be a good shepherd. But we know with our shepherd, he's the Lord. So he, he is up for the task of shepherding us. And David, knowing all of those things, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. And because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not want. You can translate this, I shall not lack. Sometimes I shall not want. What does that mean? Well, it means I, I shall not want anything or I shall not lack anything. With the Lord as our shepherd, there's nothing that we need that he doesn't provide for us. There's, as, as the Psalms say in a certain place, there's no good thing that the Lord withholds from those who fear him. So in other words, as our shepherd, God's given us everything that we possibly need to prosper as his sheep. So we can say, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. You know, God is amazing because he really has committed himself to providing for us. And there's many places in the Bible where God even speaks of himself as the provider. And what God has promised to do is he has promised to provide for our needs to the point that when pressed, we, we would say, you know, I really, I really have no lack. You know, sometimes people will ask me like, you know, if you could do anything or go anywhere, or if you could drive any kind of a car, or if you could live in any place, you know, what would you have? Or what would you do? Or what would you buy? And I'm like, uh, I, I, you know, I'm okay. <laughs> I don't, I never really think about that stuff because I, I don't feel like I'm lacking anything. I feel like God is, he's done what he said. Um, because he's my shepherd, I shall not want. So God provides for us. That's the idea. He takes care of us. He meets our need. We shall have no lack when the Lord is our shepherd. And then it says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Now, David's using uh, language here um, that 
of course, you would understand it in the context of being a shepherd. God doesn't literally take us and lie us down in a green pasture, does he? But just like a shepherd causes the sheep to lie down in the green pastures, the green pastures are speaking about um, uh, that place where there's uh, fullness, that place where there's an abundance, that place where they're going to be uh, taken care of, fed, um, that place where they're going to be nurtured. And God does that for us. Just like uh, the good shepherd leads the sheep beside uh, or, or into the green pasture, so the Lord provides for us his word. And just like the green pastures provide the nourishment for the sheep so they can, be, they can grow strong, so the Lord provides for us the nourishment through his word so we can be strong as well. But also he leads us beside the still waters. And in that, there's uh, the picture of the refreshment that God continues to bring into our lives, just like the still waters would refresh the sheep as they would come along and as they would drink. And the waters are still because if the waters are, are running, if there's a rapid, if the sheep fall in, they're gonna drown. So no, the shepherd takes them to the safe place and there he refreshes them. And so it is with the Lord. He pours out his spirit upon us. He brings us those times of refreshing. But notice here, he leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. It is very important for the shepherd to lead the sheep because sheep will naturally go astray. I was talking to a man after uh, second service and, and he's, I, I've had a bit of conversation with him before, but he came up to me and he reminded me, he said, no, let me remind you that I was a shepherd in New Mexico. I was a shepherd for, I think he said, from the time I was eight years old till I was 18 on our ranch. And I said, okay, tell me one thing right now about a shepherd that I need to know that I can pass on to the next, <laughs> the next uh, service. He said, okay, uh, sheep, they, they scatter. He's an older guy. <laughs> I'm trying to impersonate him. They, they scatter. They, they want to go their own way. You got to keep, you got to keep, uh, getting them back in line. And that's really what we're talking about here. The natural tendency is for us to go astray. That's why it says in Isaiah 53, all we, speaking of humanity collectively, all we like sheep have gone astray. That's what it says. Because that's the natural inclination of sheep. If you read through your Bible, you know that God in all of uh, his comparisons uh, of humanity, uh, all of the analogies, he always compares us with the same creature, sheep. God does not compare us with, with any other creature. And there's a reason for that, because we and sheep have a lot in common. Sheep have a natural inclination to go astray. Sheep are uh, unaware of danger. Sheep are defenseless. Sheep need to be tended to. Sheep left to themselves will self-destruct. That's the truth. And think about it. This is humanity, isn't it? Mankind left to himself 
self-destructs. And when I say left to himself, I mean mankind apart from God, mankind who rejects God's way, mankind who says, no, no, we don't need God in our lives. What does that lead to? Well, it leads to everything we see going on in our world today. That's basically what we're talking about. And this psalm reminds us of the necessity of being led And that's what we're told here. He leads us beside the still waters. He leads us to the places we need to go that we don't even know that we need to go to. And he leads us in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And the paths of righteousness, it simply means he leads us on the right path. You know, you're you're never going to go wrong following the good shepherd because he's always going to lead you on the right path. Now, if you decide I don't need a shepherd to guide and to lead my life, guess where you're going to end up? Inevitably, you're going to end up on the wrong path. And that wrong path, whatever it might be, it's going to lead you to a place of of, um, grief and sorrow. It's going to ultimately, if you pursue it all the way to the end, it's going to lead you to a place of destruction. We were not intended to live apart from God. We were intended, we were created to live in fellowship with him and to be led by him. As I was sharing this morning, my wife came up to me afterward and she said, hey, I wrote this out in... uh, my Bible meditation this week, and I thought maybe it was kind of relevant to what you were talking about today. So she read it to me, and I said, honey, I need that right now, because this is definitely something that uh, coincides with what we're talking about today. So she typed it out for me, and I want to I share it with you, because it's, it really connects with what we're, we're talking about right this moment. It, it connects with... Uh, Either, either being led by God as sheep or uh, being led astray on our, on our own or under uh, the, the authority of someone else. Now, you know, the Bible does present the picture of, of good and bad shepherds. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. And he was contrasting himself with the false shepherds. And behind the work of the false shepherd is ultimately the devil. But I want you to listen to the contrast here. I want you to think of it in terms of a contrast. And this is really what it comes down to. Remove the God of peace. And that's essentially what you do if you say, I don't want the Lord to be my shepherd. If you do that as an individual person or if you do that collectively as a, a, a nation or whatever the case might be, remove the God of peace and you will have war and violence. Remove the God of hope and you will have despair. Remove the God of goodness and you will have crime, evil, and wickedness. Remove the God of generosity and you will have poverty and greed. Remove the God of order and you will have chaos and confusion. Remove the God of wisdom and you will have ignorance. Remove the God of grace and you will have bitterness and grudges. Remove the God of love and you will have hatred and enmity. Remove the God of all joy and you will have sorrow, pain, and sadness. Remove the God of comfort and you will have unforgiveness, distress, and anger. Remove the God of strength, and you will have abject weakness. Remove the God of light, 
and men will walk in darkness, remove the God of life, and you will have death. And that, my friends, is the reason why our world is in the state that it's in. Because men have individually and collectively said, we don't need the Lord as our shepherd. We can shepherd ourselves. We can do it on our own. But it's becoming more and more evident, if it all already wasn't sufficiently evident, that we can't do that. You can't do it as a person. And the more people that come together, the more problematic the whole situation becomes. When you've got masses of people saying, we don't need the Lord as our shepherd, we can figure it out on our own, you've got chaos. You've got a, a potential disaster on your hands. And that's where we find ourselves today. And so the message today is not just for us as a congregation. This, this message is for the entire planet. The problem in the world is that men have gone astray from the good shepherd. And the problems are only going to be resolved when we come back under the care of the good shepherd. The one who leads us in the paths of righteousness. The, ones, the one who shows us the right way to go. He shows us the right way to live. And notice what David says. He said, he leads me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. You know, the condition of the flock tells you something about the shepherd. And God leads us in the right path for, for his own namesake. So his name can be glorified. You know, what God intends is for us to follow closely after the good shepherd who is leading us, who is going before us. And that others would then look and see, wow, that is such a beautiful thing. I want to be part of that. I want to come under the, the authority of that shepherd. I want that shepherd to, to lead me. I want that shepherd to guide me. See, the church is, really, it's the voice of God to the world. And so if we are doing what sheep ought to do, following the lead of the good shepherd, that is going to entice people to come under the care of the Lord as their shepherd. He leads us in the right path for his namesake. He leads us in the right path as really a testimony to his goodness and to his greatness and to his love. So as we think about ourselves as believers, as, as we think about ourselves as people who are um, under the, the shepherding of the Lord, are we following him in that path of righteousness? And, and I want you to notice one other thing here. Notice that it says he leads me. Sheep cannot be driven. Sheep have to be led. But in order to lead, you have to go in front of. Here's something we all need to remember. The Lord is going in front of us. The Lord isn't leading us somewhere where we're just uh, going about, you know, sort of groping in the darkness. We don't know if we're going to fall off a cliff or not. No, he's going ahead of us. He's paving the way before us. That's what he does because he is the good shepherd. 
And so David goes on, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Now, walking through the valley of the shadow of death, this is a good translation of the Hebrew, but it can also be translated, yea, though I walk through the dark, dark valley. In other words, it doesn't have to be a reference to those days before we die or those moments before we die, although it certainly can apply there. But it, it's, it's bigger than that, or it's, it's beyond that. Any dark season of our lives, any valley that we find ourselves in, this is what we need to remember. Even though I walk through this dark, dark valley, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. And it's a reminder that God is with us in those difficult times. And even in that transition from life here in this world to life in the next world, all the way through the dark times, whatever they might be, the Lord is with us. And even though there are times when people are, they find themselves in crisis, they find themselves in a desperate situation, and you know, there are times when that happens where you don't feel like the Lord is with you. You don't feel his presence necessarily. The circumstances don't look like he's there, you know, sorting things out for you. But, you know, he really is, regardless of whether we feel it or not. The truth of the matter is he's with us. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. But notice what it says here. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We're just passing through these seasons. We're, we're, we're walking through these valleys. We're not permanently assigned to these places. They're temporary. It's a valley. We're walking through it. Sometimes we can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, can we? And we're tempted to think, oh, this is a valley that's just going to go on endlessly. It's never going to end. I'm just going to be in this dark place forever. No, you're not. He's leading you through the valley of the shadow of death. It might be a longer valley than you anticipated. It might be a darker valley than you anticipated. I've been having a conversation with a friend over the past few weeks who's in a dark valley. He's gone into a, a really difficult place in his life personally with depression and things. And he's just, you know, he just finds himself in this pit. And uh, of course, in that state, it's just hard to see that there's any, any hope or any way out of this. And I just keep reminding him, look, you're, you're going through this valley and the Lord is with you. And even though you might not feel like he's with you, just know that he is. It's, it's a matter of faith at this point. You just say, Lord, okay, I'm taking you at your word. I don't feel like you're with me. The circumstances don't look like the circumstances of a person that you're with, but Lord, your word says you're with me, so I believe it. And I just keep reminding him, look, you're gonna come through this. I guarantee, I promise you are gonna come through this. And I'm not saying that because I, you know, I'm, what am, what am I gonna do about it? I'm saying that because I know by experience. I've been there myself. And God's brought me through those dark, dark valleys. I look back at my life and I think of times where I, I can't even believe today. I look back, I, I can't even believe I lived through that, some of that stuff. But God brought me through. And here I am to testify to it today. So I can look at a person like that and say, listen, 
what the Psalm says is true. We're walking through the valley. We're not remaining in the valley. And as we walk through, the Lord is with us. And then David adds this, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, the rod was primarily for protection for the sheep. So when a predator would come, the the shepherd would use the rod to beat back the predator. And the staff was for the deliverance of the sheep. So, you know, maybe a, uh, a lamb fell into a crevice or something like that, and the shepherd would take that staff, you know, with that, that hooked end, and he would use that to deliver the sheep from the danger, to pull them out of it. And so, again, that's the picture. The Lord is with us, and he's, he's our protection. The Lord is with us. He's our deliverer. All throughout the Psalms, you have the reminder of that over and over again. The Lord is our uh, defense. The Lord is our shield. The Lord is our protection. The Lord is our strong tower. And then the Lord is our deliverer. The Lord is the one who's going to rescue us. So that's the picture that David paints for us here. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And knowing that God is there ultimately to protect us. And he will come to deliver us. That brings us the needed comfort. And then he says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. This preparing a table in the presence of my enemies, this is really, it's a powerful picture. Because what it's telling us is that even when we are faced with the most fierce challenges and opposition, whether it's from men or devils or whatever it is, that there's, that even in the middle of that, God has a banquet for us. In other words, in the middle of that, I don't have to succumb to despair. I don't have to just expect that because there's all of this opposition against me, all of these enemies are, are lined up against me, that I am therefore deprived of the, the presence of God or the, or the blessing of God or the peace of God or the joy of the Lord. No, even in the presence of enemies, the Lord sets a table right there for us. And even though we might be surrounded with opposition, God gives us his peace. He gives us his grace. And he gives us even a feast, despite all of these other things that are going on. You know, anybody who's in the ministry, anybody who's, you know, serving the Lord, you're going to have enemies. It's just the way it is. Jesus had his enemies. The apostles had their enemies. The prophets of old had their enemies. Anybody serving God's going to have enemies. But you know what? Right in the presence of those enemies, God will set a table for you. He'll give you a feast a feast of peace and of righteousness and of joy. You know, sometimes I forget (laughs) that uh, I've got my own fair share of enemies. And people will remind me, hey, what about this? And what's going on with that? And what about those people that said this and that? And I'm like, oh, oh yeah, they're out there. I forgot. Um, I was just having a feast. I wasn't really thinking about them. (laughs) You know, the Lord just... You know, he just gives you that. 
even in the presence of your enemies. God's hand is upon us through thick and thin, through everything. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. David just says, you know, and David, of course, wrote this. Remember this, talk about a guy who had enemies. This guy knew what it was like to have enemies. I mean, he was hunted for years by Saul and and those that had sided with Saul. And so he knew enemies there, even after taking the, the reign over the nation as the king, later on in life, even the betrayal of his own son, Absalom, and David fled again. He knew what it, was, what it was like to have enemies, but he said, you anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. There was still that blessing. David knew that blessing of sweet communion with the Lord, despite all of those things. And then he said this, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I love this. Goodness and mercy, that is what we are followed by as the Lord's sheep. Someone said, goodness and mercy are the Lord's sheep dogs. Remember, like I said, the one, the one guy told me, oh, the sheep, they're, they're always going up. And he said, he said, the sheep are always going off the track. He said, you got to get those dogs. They got to get them back in line. And as we have that inclination or that tendency to wander off the right path, the Lord sends out the sheep dogs. But what are they? They're goodness and mercy. He comes along and he just nudges us back in. He just says, no, no, come on. No, you're off, the, you're off the beaten path here. No, you gotta get on here. And he brings that goodness and he brings that mercy along to just bring us into that place. You know how it is to have um, maybe certain verses in the Bible that just stick with you like forever? This is one for me. You know, I can't remember a lot of times what happened yesterday. Sometimes it's a few hours. People are asking me, like, well, what'd they say? I'm like, what did who say? I, I don't know. What? I heard this was going to happen, and I'm living proof that it does happen. But, you know, even though I sometimes can't remember something that happened a few hours ago or something that somebody said a few hours ago, I can so clearly remember 20-plus years ago, I remember the exact place I was standing I remember everything about it where the Lord spoke to me and said, goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. And I remember at that moment just taking such encouragement from that word. Yes, thank you, Lord. That was a promise from God. Now, 20 plus years later, I I look back and, you know, there's been some rough seasons. There's been some dark valleys there's been a lot of different things, but if I had to just say, you know what, what has marked my life over these years, I would have to confess goodness and mercy. That's what God promised. That's what he said. Goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life. Who is he talking to? He's talking to those for whom the Lord is their shepherd. That's the promise of God. Goodness and mercy follow us all the days of our lives. And when our lives are over, we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So that's the icing on the cake right there. Goodness and mercy following us all the days of our life. And and then as we transition, as we walk through the valley of, remember, it's the shadow of death. The shadow can't hurt you. 
So we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We enter into that house of the Lord forever, dwelling in God's house forever. And all of this is true for who? It is true for those who can say, the Lord is my shepherd. Can you say that today? The Lord is my shepherd. Is he your shepherd? He's your shepherd if you've asked him to be your shepherd. Remember, all we like sheep have gone astray. We're, we're, we're naturally wandering off the path. We're, we're going our own way, which is away from him. But any sheep that comes to its senses and says, man, I need a shepherd. I need a good shepherd. I'm in, I'm in peril. I'm in danger. I'm self-destructing. That's what sheep do. If they're left to their, themselves, they self-destruct. But anybody who comes to their senses and says, I need a shepherd, Lord, be my shepherd, he becomes your shepherd right then at that moment that you receive him into your life. Remember, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And when Jesus said that, you know what everybody in, that heard him say that thought? They thought Psalm, it wasn't 23 back then probably, but they thought the Psalm, the shepherd Psalm. He's, he's the Lord. He's the good shepherd. And that's true. Jesus is the good shepherd. Is he your shepherd? He won't force himself on you. He won't tie you up and drag you in, make you part of his flock against your will. But if you say, Lord, I need you to be my shepherd, he's right there to take the lead of your life and to guide you in those paths of righteousness for his namesake. And that's the greatest thing imaginable. And it's what every human being was created for, to be part of the Lord's flock. Lord, thank you that you haven't left us to ourselves. Lord, that when we had gone astray and turned every one of us to our own way, Lord, you came and you sought us out and you invited us to be part of your flock. And we've come under the care of the great shepherd, the good shepherd, the Lord. Oh, how we thank you. And Lord, we would just pray today for any person here, any person who's hearing this message over the radio or wherever, on the internet, Lord, we pray anyone who's not under the care of the Good Shepherd, that they would submit themselves to you this hour, this day, that they would begin to know what it is to be led in the paths of righteousness for your namesake. So do that, and Lord, may uh, those of us who are your sheep, who have been your sheep. May we take courage. May we be strengthened by these great truths that the Lord, the creator, the sustainer, the redeemer, the provider, the protector, the Lord is our shepherd. Strengthen our hearts through that. Thank you, Lord, that goodness and mercy that's your promise for us all the days of our life. 
and dwelling in your house forever. Oh, how we praise you. We thank you, Lord. Amen.